What's up, everybody, and welcome to Reteaching the Game. This is your host, Ethan Noroff, and I am so excited for y'all to be here with me on this initial episode of our brand new podcast. Reteaching the Game is a show that's going to combine the beautiful game that we all love of basketball with a unique perspective of my experience as a teacher, throwing some life lessons in there, TED Talks. We're going to have a lot of stuff going on, but it's all going to be focused through the lens of basketball. And that's really why we're here is because we love this sport. And for as much as we love watching the games play out, there's always something to discuss regardless of the time of the year. So I am so excited for y'all to be here with me today. And I'm so excited for y'all to continue with this with this journey as we move forward with our future episodes. So without further ado, I would love to get into a little bit about why we're here, a little bit about me. And so you guys can start to understand where I'm coming from. You know, I've been thinking for a long time about doing something like this and I've had some experience in professional basketball covering the game myself. And I think this is going to be a good way to look at basketball that's not always publicized, but worthy topics of discussion, perspectives being shared, life lessons, teaching anecdotes. I mean, I got to tell you guys now, I teach middle school and I even help out in high school a little bit. So there are going to be plenty of stories with some trickle over effects that you will not want to miss. Promise you that. This is my fourth year of uh, teaching, having my full-time classroom, and I love it because it's about the kids, and you know, you'd be surprised how many of them have a passion for basketball themselves, and some of those discussions are just excellent. So like I said, I'm going to have a little bit of experience in basketball myself. I uh, spent some time working for Bleacher Report, if you are familiar with that entity, as the assistant NBA editor, so helped out on the hoop side quite a bit over several years. Also spent time working for NBC Sports, specifically Roto World, the fantasy basketball world where you can still find me dipping my efforts into from time to time. But I want, don't want to do anything that I've done previously. This is something new for me, and I think it should be something new for the basketball community, something that isn't already offered necessarily. And so I think that's the big reason why we're here. And as we move forward, you know, I'm hoping I can provide you guys something with that that you want to hear. You know, I'm always willing to take suggestions. I'm always willing to take advice and I'm always willing to hear everybody out. So I love feedback. Feel free to hit me up on Twitter. We'll get to that in a little bit, but I'm always happy to take advice. My Twitter has my email, fastest way to get in, talk, in touch with me, or you can just hit me up on Twitter. It's just my name, Ethan underscore Noroff. One F. I know it sounds like it has two, but it's N-O-R-O-F. E-T-H-A-N underscore N-O-R-O-F. That's the last kind of plug we'll do for the time being. So as we move forward, here's what we can expect on this. We can expect basketball narratives on and off the floor. Great example, Kevin Durant's rip on the media the other night, specifically on Ethan Strauss about the coverage of the team, right? We love the stuff that happens on the court. It's worth discussion, but the stuff that happens off the court, oh my goodness. It's a season within a season. How jealous baseball must be right now. It's incredible. But the NBA is an entertainment business, and there's no question that they are turning a profit. We're going to talk about trade and free agent analysis, of course, especially with financial implications, because everybody loves thinking about what comes next, what just happened, having that instant reaction that has to be right. But, you know, some things take time to play out, and I think it's important to consider the ramifications of such quick decisions. We're going to have... NBA versus player slants. What I mean by that is if there's a player going against the league, perhaps Draymond Green has an issue with the way he was ejected the other night based on reputation. We'll talk about things like that. We're going to talk about life advice through hoops, teaching anecdotes, 
our responsibilities, how we share information in the basketball world, but how we share information in general. Media bias, how news gets reported, the Anthony Davis trade talks were a great example of this, right? Depending upon who reported what, you had a totally different slant. It was pretty clear who was talking to whom. And I think that that type of stuff is worth discussing. It's so fascinating. It, it adds to this great soap opera that we all get sucked into, right? That's why we're here. We love the NBA. That's what it's about. We're going to talk about the unknown, right? And its role in the NBA, specifically the power of the unknown. You get that first round pick in a trade, man, what could it be? What could it be until it is what it is, right? What could it be? Remember when the Sixers traded for the first overall pick? What, what it could have been? Well, they just said goodbye to that pick, right? They just sent Markel Fultz back into Orlando. So it doesn't always work out as expected. And like I said, we're going to have teaching stories. Middle school, oh, what a fascinating time in somebody's life. It's amazing. The journey that they go through as people come in fresh out of elementary school, still as little kids. And by the time they finish eighth grade, they're ready for high school, almost look like miniature adults. It's, it's amazing. And it's all about the kids. It's all about their growth, their progression, their journey. They're next. And I know I share this sentiment with at least one of you guys listening. There are too many dumb people in the world, right? That's why I do what I do, <laughs> okay? And as far as this podcast is concerned, I want to talk a little bit about the why. Because I believe strongly, right? Simon Sinek has a great TED Talk. And what he says is people, they don't buy what you do. They buy why you do it. It's the vision behind the execution. It's the mission of the organization, of the person, of the individual, of the team, right? People don't buy what you do. They buy why you do it. And the example that he uses to give you a quick summary of his TED Talk, but it's really fascinating. And he's a great speaker. Please spend some time listening to him. Simon Sinek is his name, if you're not familiar. But basically what he says is, you know, <coughs> we had DVR long before it became popular. You know, everybody kind of says, oh, okay. Everybody remembers TiVo, right? TiVo offered this service. It could pause your TV. You could record shows. They offered a service, a product, a good, something to sell. They didn't sell the idea that it could make their lives easier. All right? We don't talk about TiVo anymore, but we talk about DVRs all the time. Because what if TiVo, Simon says, right? Some humor in that, Simon says. But basically what Simon says is, if TiVo had come at the approach, the marketing approach, and said, hey, we have a product for you that'll make your life easier, that'll allow you to pause live TV, that can record your favorite shows, you can go out on a Saturday night and you can still watch your favorite uh, episode that's on HBO people would be a lot more interested because then it's about them it's not about a product it's not about a service not about a good it's about them and I think that's the idea when you communicate to people in general right you want to make it about them so you engage them you find a way to connect with the audience and, and that's what I hope to do with you guys that's why feedback is so important that's why communication is the key I believe strongly in all of that stuff so I definitely want to share that with with all y'all at the start of every episode, you know, we'll try to run through an outline, kind of tell you what to expect, and we'll give you a TED Talk recommendation of the week. We have to, right? One TED Talk. We're going to be on more than once a week, but we're going to give you at least one TED Talk per week, if not one per episode. The first TED Talk that I would like to recommend is not even a TED Talk. 
It's not a TEDx talk. It's neither of those. But it's a video. It's Inky Johnson. And it's called It's Not Just About You. And I'm purposefully not going to plug it more than that because I want everybody listening to this to go pull up YouTube, whether it's on the computer, on your phone, in the app. And and I want you to watch this full video. It's about 12 minutes long. Right, 12 minutes is, is no time at all. It's one-fifth of an hour. 12 out of 60, one out of five. Right, quick math lessons as well here. But Inky Johnson, it's not just about you. If you're not familiar with this guy's story, get familiar with it. It's incredible. Absolutely incredible. And if you think you're having a hard day, I want you to reflect on this video and tell me you're still having a hard day. Right, let's keep ourselves in a positive mental headspace so we can be the most productive and live up to our ultimate potential. That's what we're here to do. And we're here to talk about basketball. That's really what it's about, right? The trade deadline is now in the rearview mirror. We have had a flurry of moves. The league is on fire, as the kids might say. It's lit. And we have seen the NBA shift everyone's attention in its direction. Right. Baseball is about to start back up again with spring training, but there are still an unbelievable amount of free agents. It's a whole different discussion. The NHL is not exactly an attention grabber for anyone who isn't already listening and watching. And the NFL, although some platforms try their best to make it a 12 month per year sport, is now in the rearview mirror with the Patriots winning yet another Super Bowl. So the NBA is at the forefront. And if we thought that Kristaps Porzingis was going to be the big headline of the trade deadline, I mean, wow. The amount of moves that we have seen just in the last handful of days, and really just on Thursday, but you know, a few days ahead of that as well, with Tobias Harris getting moved, Porzingis getting moved, obviously, and several others. This league is just incredible. It's the gift that continues to give. It's the gift that continues to give. And really, even beyond the trade deadline now, where we think, oh, there's not going to be any more action. Of course there will be. Anthony Davis didn't get moved. The trade deadline that was supposed to be all about Anthony Davis wound up being all about everybody except Anthony Davis because nothing happened, right? Nothing happened. But now we get this unbelievable narrative of, of Davis versus the league versus the team, right? So you have AD wanting his divorce from the team, the team not really wanting to play AD or associate with him given the state of affairs and the league kind of hovering over the team saying you need to play him. So even when you think the drama is done, the gift continues to be received. That is where we are in this NBA. It's amazing, right? It's amazing. I thought Michael Lee, now of The Athletic, did have an interesting tweet On his take on the Anthony Davis situation, he said, this Anthony Davis situation is embarrassing for him, the Pelicans, and the NBA. Either he's part of the team or he's not. Either he plays, competes to help them win games, or he doesn't. Going halfway doesn't do anyone any favors. Feels like a waste of his talents and our time. And I have to say that I find myself agreeing with with that, especially the last sentence. It feels like a waste of his talents and our time. Right? We tend to think of investments as putting assets into things, money into stocks, money into bank accounts, money into people even, 
but we don't tend to think about our time as an investment too often. And that's what really resonates with me about that, right? Time is the only investment we can never get back. So how we choose to spend our time should be a powerful indicator of what's important to us, right? Think about that. That's deep. How you choose to spend your time is a reflection of what's important to you. And I realize that people have responsibilities and things that they have to do in life so they don't have limitless time or as much time as they want for themselves. I don't have as much time as I might want for myself, right? That's a normal phenomenon. But I have time that I choose to spend and invest in activities, including what I choose to do for work, whether it's teaching, whether it's creating this podcast to be here with all of you, or whether it's anything else that I choose to do. That's my chosen time. That's my chosen activity. And I think the less that we blame circumstance for outcomes and more that we take ownership of the process, the more we get out of it in general, right? That's true about almost anything, I would say. Pretty universal. So make sure you watch that Inky Johnson video. It's a good one. And so now we have this league where Anthony Davis doesn't get moved. Who knows what's going to happen? He doesn't play down the stretch in the fourth quarter. The Pelicans still managed to win, but he was having a huge game prior to that. And we just wait because Harrison Barnes, Harrison Barnes is on the Kings now, right? Avery Bradley is on the Grizzlies. What a, what a great fit. Avery Bradley is such a Grizzly. Such a Grizzly. Markel Fultz on the Magic. Love that. Love that. I really hope he gets healthy. I would love to see him play this year and get a real chance. What a good gamble for the Magic to take. They're never going to get a player like that. Not in the next few years. Not, a, not, not at that price. Not at that price tag. Right? Not at that price tag. Then we had some, you know, some other guys moving. Miritich to the Bucks. Four second round picks. Pretty incre- incredible haul for the Pelicans. Thawne Maker to the Pistons. Maybe he gets a, a chance in Detroit, but much to prove on that one. And one of my favorites outside of the Fultz deal, probably my favorite outside the Fultz deal, was Marcus Saul to the Raptors. Right? Going to chase that ring. I love what the Raptors have done. Trading DeRozan was so hard. There is no question that was difficult. But to get Kawhi in the process, that, that's a gamble you almost have to take. Right? You almost have to take it. Almost. You almost have to take it. And they did. That's what they chose to do. They chose to take that gamble because they realized they couldn't keep doing the same thing year in and year out and expect different results. So I applaud them for that. That's hard to do. And now you've traded away Jonas Valanciunas, right? One of the Raptors OGs, if you want to even go that far. But he's the headliner in a deal from Marcus Gasol. I mean, come on. You got to figure DeLon Wright probably wasn't going to get re-signed in in free agency, especially with uh, Fred Van Vliet and his emergence in that backup point guard role to Kyle Lowry. C.J. Miles, who even remembered that C.J. Miles was on the Raptors, okay? And a second-round pick for Marcus Gasol. It's kind of like a no-brainer deal if you're Toronto, honestly. Easy call to make, right? 
especially with the amount of money you, you kind of get out from under in those particular players. Love, love the Gasol pickup. And here's the thing for the Raptors. They can easily reset this roster if it doesn't work. If Kawhi chooses to leave in free agency, this roster can be easily reset and they'll start to rebuild. But if it works and everyone stays, very interesting team out in the East. The Raptors, the Bucks. I know everybody likes to talk about the Celtics. And Celtics are a good team. They've had some ups and downs, but they're a really talented team. But the Raptors and Bucks, man. Could be an interesting NBA playoffs this year. Of course, when is it not? When is it not? Right? When is it not? So it's very interesting, you know? And of course, we're going to talk Lakers here. That's, that's a guarantee. Anyone who's followed my work for any amount of time knows that the Lakers are near and dear to me. I think there's a lot of restoration that needs to be done within the fabric of those Lakers after this Anthony Davis saga played out. And make no mistake, that game winner from Rajon Rondo against the Celtics the other night, what a huge moment for that team. God, they needed that. They needed that. They really needed that. It's an uphill battle for the Lakers to make the playoffs because they've had some bad losses. Those home losses to the Cavs and to the Knicks, was it? Those, those stand out. That's bad. That's going to cost them down the stretch. It's going to be that much harder. But I think LeBron, you know, he has to get up and stand up in front of that room. I'm sure he has already. But I think he has to make it clear that he he has investment in those players. I think it's going to be it's going to be tough. A lot of questions. Anyone questioning what the Lakers did at the deadline? I think some of the reaction was so hyperbolic. It was ridiculous. At the end of the day, you traded Svi Mikhailuk, Evita Zubats, and a second-round pick, and you acquired Reggie Bullock and Mike Muscala, two established, legitimate NBA players. Zubats was a third-string center on this team, and I know he's played uh, well at times, although he's played well offensively, not as much defensively. But he wasn't going to be re-signed in free agency this year. And for this particular roster, they need a rim-protecting center, and that's not Zubats. He has nice offensive touch around the rim, but that's his strength. JaVale and Tyson make way more sense, assuming both are healthy and capable of playing. Way more sense. Michael Beasley was... The Lakers were probably going to waive him if, he, if they were not able to include him in that deal to the Clippers, and the Clippers did waive him. So that, that's a nothing. And if any Lakers fan had heard last summer before Svi Mikhailik was even a pick and anyone know, knew who he was truly, if the announcement was the Lakers had traded two second-round picks, two future second-round picks in exchange for Reggie Bullock, everyone would have applauded the move. So remove the emotional attachment, right? That's hard to do. I, I get that. But when you evaluate trades, you got to remove that stuff. You got to take off the, the purple and gold sunglasses, so to speak. So, that's going to be the basic structure of our show. I'm really excited to hang out with you guys, have conversations, provide you with a different way to consume your basketball. I think there's room for this. I think we can grow together. Very excited to have you all with me. You can expect episodes to be anywhere between 15 and 30 minutes, depending on the, on the episode, depending on the content that we're working with. 
and we'll go from there. Looking forward to the journey. Thanks, guys. Talk to you on the next one.